I was going to say, please be seated, but y'all already know what to do, right? Y'all are good. Y'all are good. Well, Merry Christmas. This is day three of the 12 days of Christmas. So if you messed up and didn't get somebody something you were supposed to get, you still have nine days. But I would probably hurry if I were you. It's also, now I hope you're taking notes here, it's also National Fruitcake Day. Did anybody know that? So if you like fruitcakes, that's a win. If you are, you know, kind of, anyway. So National Fruitcake Day, I mean, oh my gosh, who decides those things? Certainly, I guess people that like fruitcake, right? The Gospel of John is very rich in its description of Jesus and, and how the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, um, how the Word was with God. You know, just the whole passage is so, so rich. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. Nothing has been made that was not made through him. In him was life, and the life is the light of all men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We live, in some ways, we live in a fairly dark day. Just with things being uncertain, uh, I'm not here to, <laughs> to affirm your anxieties necessarily or my anxieties but I am here to affirm how God is faithful, regardless of what the year was like or regardless of what next year will bring, that God is faithful to us. I'd like to read the scripture from the Amplified because it does um, explain a little bit more. And the word Christ became flesh, he became human incarnate, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh and lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. For out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received. We all have a share and we all are supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. For while the law was given through Moses, grace, unearned, undeserved, favor, and spiritual blessing, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John is so good in how he writes this passage. Literally, it talks about how Jesus came and tabernacled with us. It's hard for us to sometimes understand the incarnation, that, that Jesus becoming flesh, coming as a baby, um, and, and yet we see God's love and we see God's heart in Jesus' life, and we see how he, um, how he gave us the example or a greater example of the Father. In the scripture, it talks about how um, through Moses was the law, and certainly we saw some of the glory of God in Moses the, when the cloud would come down and he would tabernacle with them, literally dwell with them. But in Jesus, we saw it far more fully. We saw completely how he was filled with the Spirit and he was filled with God's love and peace and how he walked among us. So understanding the incarnation is a lot to do. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to do, but... C.S. Lewis put it this way, that God becoming flesh 
would be somewhat like humans becoming a grub worm. And that's pretty exciting, isn't it? Y'all know what grub worm is? Do we need to put it on the screen? I'm kidding, Lauren, you don't have to do that. I mean, a grub worm is what you kill in your garden, if, you're, if you can do that. And so that just sounds lovely, right? The, de- the decision uh, Jesus made in being here and walking among us and how he uh, brought truth, brought abundance, I don't think we have a clue about the abundance God wants to give us. I don't think we really have a clue about his favor and how he cares for us and how we sometimes limit him. Um, sometimes we limit him. Jesus displayed God's love and abundance toward us. He went around the countryside preaching and teaching and healing. And so as those who carry his name, that's our job too. And you may not necessarily want to preach, you know, where you work or whatever, or, you know, but there are opportunities we're supposed to carry what he did. 2020 was a year of tremendous change for the world. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down because that may be new news to you. Um, When things change, we need to look to God. We need to look to the one that is faithful and true. We need to look to him in times of crisis or in times of chaos, and certainly we've seen this. We look to the one that does not change. Out of God's likeness, we have received grace upon grace, favor upon favor. The scripture says, heaped up for us and poured out. I want you to think about some of the characteristics of God or some of the things that the fruit of the Spirit and and the things that it says in Scripture, how God loves us, how much He loves us, that He calls us children of God. And with that, we are heirs to all that He has. And that's not a money thing, that's a grace thing. That's Him walking with us. Romans 8 says, Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. A very famous passage, and it goes on to describe every possible thing that could possibly happen to people. And yet, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. We see joy, and joy is not based upon circumstance. It's not about being happy. It's about having confidence in God's faithfulness no matter what's going on. That he gives us joy. He gives us peace, and that is said repeatedly through the scriptures. Micah, in the fifth chapter, talks about how it gives this passage of prophesying Jesus being born in Bethlehem and all this stuff. And then one of the last phrases, it says, and he will be our peace. He will be our peace. Isaiah, in the very famous passage in Isaiah 9, named him the Prince of Peace. Jesus said, peace, I live with you. Shalom, which is far more than peace, but wellness and wholeness and abundance. Peace isn't just the absence of war or conflict. It is so much more. The Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament that he is our peace. So we go from Micah, who prophesied he will be our peace, to Paul announcing he is our peace.
And when we need peace, he is the one we turn to. There's not another place. There's not another place. In 2020, God has been so faithful. And, and yet certainly we could focus on things that were incredible disappointments or difficulty. Where there was a season where we could not meet in this place when we had to meet online. And uh, to those of you watching online today, we are so glad you joined us. So many people are just not where they can get out. And I totally understand that. I would ask you, what's your greatest investment in 2020? To think about that. And I'm not talking about money. But how did you invest your time? You know, I mean, this is for y'all to think about. This is not, you know, give me an answer and we put a gold star on the chart or whatever. But what's been your greatest investment? When all is said and done, what is the most important aspect of your life? And what counts for eternity? It was just a few days ago that um, it was talked about how the, the stars would come together that would show the cross, show the, um, what they feel like the wise men saw as they traveled to Jesus. Well, a number of years ago, when I was 13, uh, which was not quite 800 years ago, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, but they talked about how that three planets or three stars would be coming together and, you know, at about two in the morning. And so we got up. My brother, Tom, was like, I don't know, maybe nine or ten. And my older brother, who was still harassing us all and does to this day, it's his spiritual gift. Uh, Scott was probably 17. And we all got up early and went out in the yard and, and looked. We were looking up high in the sky. And then we started looking. They said low in the east. And so we looked right over the treetops, and it was like a cross. It made the sign of a cross. And it was right over Cockrell Hill United Methodist Church where they had, uh, there was a huge cross on top of it. And, and we see the cross even from the beginning in celebrating his life. That we put so much effort into celebrating Christmas, and that's awesome. It's awesome. But so we need to celebrate all he's given us and be faithful in how we use it and what we do. 2020 held many things for us. There may be some things that you don't need to carry into 2021. There may be some things I don't need to carry into 2021. And even as we worship and we talk about the light and it was awesome, um, it's also worship to lay down what you were never intended to carry, whatever that might be. So I encourage you in these days as we approach New Year's Eve, and which is certainly hallmarked in America and other places of drinking too much adult beverage and, you know, whatever, having a massive headache the next day, I would encourage you in the next few days to, to just really think about what's important to you, what matters, how you want to spend your time, what you want to do, you know, the critical things, the things that are truly important in your life. I would encourage you to think about that. When, when I was 13 and we went out in our backyard and uh, looked and saw the cross right over the church, there had been for a number of months I had just really felt drawn to God, just the work of the Holy Spirit. 
And my mom had always taken us to church. I sat through, you know, I mean, I knew all that stuff. But I had never accepted Jesus personally as my Savior. And so on New Year's Eve at Cockroach Hill United Methodist Church, and I started going to the youth group at night, and we did stuff in the mornings and all that kind of stuff. And I was just wanting somebody to say, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? (laughs) Because I hadn't. I mean, you know, and so somebody did that night, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And that year was not an easy year. My father had had a heart attack at the old, old, old Ranger Stadium. And uh, he, he was adamant to walk up the stairs, uh, which can be daunting for when you're, you know. And then he wouldn't go to the doctor for three days, which the doctor was very, very happy about. Um, as you might imagine, because the, uh, all of the damage continued, you know, in his heart. My mom, they thought she had cancer. Um, it was scary. And when, because, to be honest, my greatest fear as a child was that something would happen to my mother and our father would raise us. Because he was just so broken. And so, accepting Jesus changed everything. Everything. But my father was still an alcoholic and mentally ill. You know, and so it changes everything in your heart and how you see things. But, but things can also still be the same. We're in the now and not yet. You know, Jesus has come. He will come again. And, and so how, how we are faithful is so critical. And how we respond is so important to the things that are so important. In 2021, God will be faithful. We don't know what will come. We don't know. But God will be faithful, regardless of what that is. As you look at 2021... I would encourage you to think about what helps to minister to you and what what is it that helps you grow in God and to grow more like him and to understand him and that type of thing. It's really hard when you're forced into isolation to have community, right? And we all learned how to work, sort of learned how to work Zoom, you know, and all that kind of thing. I didn't even know what that was, you know, until... The pandemic, actually, when we were meeting with Paul Riker, I learned what Zoom was. Forced into isolation, it's very hard, but I urge you, and, and to those online, I know there are some people that cannot come to church. It would be too dangerous. I get that. But if you can, gathering together to worship is so critical. It's so critical for us, and it's critical for us to be in worship. I urge you to consider joining things that would help you grow in discipleship. You've seen the um, videos about emotionally healthy spirituality, and it's something that we did a couple of years ago in the fall, I think, as a pilot course, and I was in that, and it was, and it was very good. And um, as one who did not have the easiest childhood and the last 20 years have not been that great. I've, I've, I've received a lot of ministry in God to a lot of counselors, but, I mean, I'm not like one big Band-Aid, but, you know, uh, the, sometimes the greatest investment you can make in yourself is to go see a counselor if you need to. 
or go talk to somebody if you need to, um, because it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. And so um, it was excellent. I mean, there were some things, look, you know, you look at yourself and you look at your situation because that's how you respond. One of the things that he talks about is Jesus may be in your heart, but grandpa is in your bones. And, and so, you know, DNA and how you respond and how your parents acted. And, and this isn't a blame thing, but it's just reality. It's just reality. Growing up with an alcoholic, I had plenty of stuff to work through. Fear of being at the top of the list. So with EHS, you, you go through, it's eight weeks. It's just eight weeks. And you go through these lessons, and he, he does training, and, and it was really good. And is it, is it kind of hard to work through some of this stuff? Yes. But is it important? Yes. And so, because for me, I would project onto God the way my father was. You know, and when would I get in trouble, or when would he get mad, or when would he threaten to leave, or threaten to take his life, or, you know, there was all this uncertainty. And so it really took a lot of ministry to trust God and to say he is faithful. And he is faithful. He has been faithful to me and to my children. He has been faithful to my mom and my brothers. And he's faithful to y'all. Sometimes we don't see it. So I took EHS the first time, and then when we did it last um, spring, I was one of the table coach things, whatever. Um, and the second time I took it, it was, I can't tell you how much it continued to touch me. It wasn't just like, yeah, 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 I've heard that before. It, it was like another level. And so I just encourage you to think about that. We're going to be doing core groups after we do EHS and during the Lenten season. And I encourage you to be involved in a core group because it's how we connect most of them are by Zoom. And so connecting at a time where it's easy to be isolated is so important. So I encourage you in all of that, that, that we have a, a grasp of what the incarnation meant. And that from his birth until his death on the cross and his resurrection, that God came and walked among us full of grace and truth that his light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. <laughs>